Salwete Romani, and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we look at strange things that happen in history. I am your host for this week, Barnaby King, and joining me, as ever, is my co-host, Amelia Edwards. Salway. Hello, how Hello. you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So we're recording this podcast a little earlier than usual because we're actually travelling to Sussex. <gasps> Trade um, secrets, Barnaby. <laughs> well, I mentioned this because originally when I was planning on doing this topic, um, I kind of thought that, you know, it'd be like a little thing, a little thing that we could just sort of knock out quickly so mm-hmm. it didn't take up that much time. Oh boy, was I wrong. (laughs) It's always the way. It is always the way. So this week, and spoiler, next week, (laughs) we are going to be looking at a Roman emperor. One of the emperors who competes with a relative of his for the title of maddest emperor ever. (laughs) Excellent. This is the emperor Caligula. So you probably know a bit about Caligula already, right? Well, I know that he made his horse a senator. Well, sort of. Um, We'll probably get to that next week, unfortunately. And Uh, I know that he was the nephew of Tiberius. uh, He was a relative of Tiberius. Yes, Mm -hmm. he was the nephew of Claudius. Oh, right. Who actually came after him. Yes, yes. But wasn't he the one who came after Tiberius because we talked about that on our episode? We did. And I have to kind of... (laughs) I have to kind of apologise for that. Oh, no. I made Tiberius sound way better than he was. Okay. And I don't feel I made Tiberius sound very good. Well, no, you made him sound kind of... Kind of, I'm out of here. Yeah, he was actually probably worse than that, because not only was he neglectful, he did do some pretty bad things. Oh. oh. Which is a real shame, because he came after the first emperor, Caesar Augustus, mm-hmm. who is famous for doing some pretty amazing things and really won the love of his people. Absolutely. And Virgil. And Virgil. And Tiberius did not win the love of his people. Okay. He was pretty much universally hated and regarded as a terrible emperor. Okay. Um, Not only for his hands-offness, but for some of his other stuff, which I'll get to later on. But- okay, okay. Wait a second, because yeah. I'm, I'm getting a timeline in my head here. Yeah. So we had, we had Augustus, mm-hmm. then Tiberius, yep. then Caligula. Yep. I didn't realise Caligula was so early on in the empire. He's so early. He's part of the Julio-Claudian dynasty, which was the first dynasty of emperors, starting with Augustus and ending with Nero. Oh my god. Who is the other emperor that really competes for the title of maddest Roman emperor. And people weren't like, Jesus, let's just go back to the Republic. Well, they actually they did. After the death of every single emperor, they were like, should we go back to the Republic? But they didn't for reasons that we might get into. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, the Julio-Claudian dynasty was the first dynasty and probably the most interesting, I'd say. It certainly has the most interesting characters. Okay. So it's made up of five individuals, Augustus, Tiberius, Caligula, Claudius, and Nero. Oh my God. And of okay. course, before then we have Julius Caesar, but he was never actually emperor. He was king. Mm-hmm. So Claudius... Uh, sorry, not Claudius, Caligula, yeah. <laughs> actually gets the title of first emperor who was assassinated. Yay! Because as I say, Julius Caesar, who is famous for being assassinated, among other things, was king and not emperor. But Caligula yeah. was so unpopular 
and he only reigned for four years. Oh my god. But he was so unpopular that he was assassinated. He's like the civil war in America. (laughs) Yeah. To put him into context, uh, Augustus reigned for almost 41 years. Tiberius for 22 and a half years. Okay. And then... uh, Caligula's successor, Claudius, reigned for almost 14 years. Okay, wow. So, yeah, and even Nero was almost 14 years as well. So Caligula really is the odd one out in terms of length of his reign. Mm. But we know from that film that he was having all those orgies, so... Uh, Yeah, we know from the film Caligula with Malcolm (laughs) McDowell, Mm -hmm. which... You don't need to watch, it's weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it, it is also pretty established that Caligula was a bit of a sexual deviant. Fab. But he also, in more recent times, has undergone a bit of re-evaluation, as many historical figures have. And the sort of overt madness, there may be a bit more context to it. Okay. I'm not going to argue that he was not mad. I'm pretty sure he was mad. But the question is kind of how much responsibility he had. Okay. So, the what? Sorry, we we were just having a conversation um about Carrie Simmons. Uh, oh yes, today and uh, yesterday, and so I was kind of thinking, ah, how much responsibility does? Boris Johnson have and how much is it actually that evil traitress (laughs) that seductress Carrie Simmons weirdly enough while I was reading about these Roman emperors there are some surprising comparisons or like you could you can draw some conclusions about our modern British government what are there a load of Carrie Simmons characters well no but I may get into it later on it's more of like an idle thought I had so it's it's not really fleshed out enough for the podcast (laughs) but who knows we may get into it sure so the sources we have for the reign of Caligula are few okay uh it's a problem with a lot of ancient history Mm -hmm. um we only really have two accounts that we work from, and that is the uh, Greek historian Dio Cassius, mm-hmm. who was about 100 years after Caligula. Okay. And the most often quoted one is the work of Suetonius, who was about... He was born uh, about 30 years after Caligula died. Okay. And Suetonius wrote basically a biography, a sensationalist biography mm-hmm. of Caligula and his reign. So uh, I got a lot of information for this uh, from Dr. Rhiannon Evans. Mm-hmm. And she likens Suetonius to like tabloid press. Sure. It's a bit like a uh, big, big splash page headline, Emperor Made Me Fight as a Gladiator, a senator's story. Turn <laughs> to page three for more information. Yeah, I guess also, if Caligula reigned for four years and was assassinated and wasn't very popular, yeah, and then 30 years later Suetonius is born, then he must either be in like Nero's reign or be yeah. a little bit after that? He was born the year after Nero, uh, 
and like died. Okay. <laughs> so I'm kind of assuming that if we're now out of the Julio Augustan Julio Claudian. Julio Claudian, sorry. Mm-hmm. Julio Claudian um reign, then maybe the next set of emperors want to be like, uh, they there, weren't so yeah. good. <laughs> there was definitely a sort of idea of historical reimagining and kind of like Julio Claudian, they're not as great as you might think. And in a way they're right, because mm. three out of the five emperors were pretty rubbish. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it must have been tricky though, because I know, for instance, that Nero like completely changed the way that Rome looked. Yeah. So you would have had reminders of how great and glorious they were mm. everywhere. Yeah. So I could imagine the next set of emperors wanting to be like, meh. Almost definitely, yeah. So as such, what we have is we have these sort of like biographical accounts and this sort of reimagining accounts. And what we don't have is something that kind of places Caligula in the broader context of Rome at the time. Um, What we don't have basically are the works of Tacitus or Tacitus about Caligula. We've got a little bit of his life, but the books containing that history are lost. Okay. Uh, hopefully they'll turn up at some point and we get more information. <laughs> but as it stands, we're mostly going by Suetonius. Okay. And Suetonius, he is not generous when it comes to Caligula. Uh, you can tell this in a quote Suetonius ascribes to Caligula. Let them hate me as long as they fear me. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's quite good though, isn't it? Is it? A, it is a good line. He does give Caligula some good lines, but... Definitely villainous lines. Exactly. But we're going to go back a little bit first, and we're going to talk about Tiberius. So one of the very unpopular things Tiberius did was he expanded the crime of treason. He made it a lot easier for people to be charged with treason and made treason a worse crime. Okay. Because treason, he linked it to sacrilege because the Romans sometimes deified their emperors after death. Mm -hmm. Augustus had already been made a god. Yeah, he was made a god like pretty much straight away, wasn't he? Yeah, because he was really quite beloved. Mm. Um, So as such, Tiberius kind of went, well, if you plot against the emperor or if you say bad things about the emperor, you're saying a bad thing about a future god. Right. So it's sacrilege. Okay. So not only does he do this, but he also kind of creates a culture of secret police. Okay, um, okay, Tiberius. I thought you were cool. I know, right? He basically created the role of a professional informer mm. uh, called Delatores, and they would gather information about treasonous people. And they would all be written down, and Tiberius had logbooks basically made of people's crimes. A lot of people got sent into exile. Oh my god, it's like the beginning of Death of Stalin with the lists. It really is. And in fact, there's even more links to Stalin in how the Roman people basically got rid of uh, people they didn't like. Yeah. Like, pretended they didn't exist. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Stalin stuff going on Come there. on, communist Russia, be more original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they got rid of their Caesar, their Tsar. Yeah. But they're still doing all the Roman stuff. <laughs> Rubbish. So, okay, there were, as such many plots against Tiberius because he was hugely unpopular. He didn't really better Rome Mm -hmm. and in some ways actively made things worse. But at the time of Tiberius, there was a very popular man, a military commander called Germanicus. 
I think I've heard of Germanicus. I th- now, I'm not sure if I mentioned him in the uh, Tiberius episode. Okay. I might have done, but the problem is I've actually lost my notes for that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and I, I don't really listen back to these apart from when I'm editing. So I kind mm. of have to rely on you. If you think you've heard of him, I might have mentioned him. Okay. But I'm well, gonna tell t- me about Germanicus. I'm going to talk about him again anyway. So Germanicus is kind of the actual start of the Julio-Claudian dynasty because he's the first person who actually is related to both the Julian and the Claudian families. Okay. Even though technically Augustus starts, he's actually only on one side of the family. Yeah, the he was sort side. of adopted by Julius anyway, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And Germanicus was kind of seen as Rome's version of Alexander the Great. Okay. He was this fantastic military commander. He was loved and respected and successful. And he was like, he had this amazing physique and dashing good looks. And everyone was like, oh my God, Germanicus. Oh, he's so cool. But also, like Alexander the Great, he died a pretty premature death. Okay. And in some ways, you could kind of say he was the best emperor to never hold the title. Okay. Because he never became emperor and so never managed to disappoint anyone. Well done, Germanicus. Yeah. I take it he was like a massive conqueror then. Yes, he was. And he went to Germany, maybe? He Yes, he did campaigns in Germania, mm-hmm. which is how he got his name of Germanicus. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and he was also kind of adopted by Tiberius. Okay. So there was a lot of hope put in him and in his family. Mm-hmm. But as I say, he died early on. So it was on the 10th of October in the year 19 CE. Mm-hmm. Germanicus died after a period of illness while he was in Antioch. And there are rumours that he was actually assassinated, possibly on the order of Tiberius. Oh, yeah, because Tiberius was seeing him as a political rival. I mean, that makes sense if Germanicus is so popular and you're so unpopular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's possible that he was just ill, but either way, the governor of Syria, a man called Gnaeus Calpurnius Piso, was actually put on trial and executed for the murder of Germanicus. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So this left uh, Germanicus's widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Germanicus's three surviving sons and three daughters. Okay. Wow, he liked to keep things balanced, didn't he? He did, yes. He actually (laughs) had some more sons, but they died earlier on. Um, His wife, Agrippina, was told by Tiberius that she could not remarry. Okay. Because this would create another political rival for Tiberius. That makes sense, yep. Sometime afterwards, Agrippina, who was the granddaughter of Augustus... Mm -hmm. Even she falls foul of Tiberius, and Tiberius has her arrested and sent into exile. Okay. He also, over the coming years, arrests and exiles Germanicus's two eldest sons. All three of them end up dying. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Possibly of starvation, possibly of suicide, uh, on this island that they've been exiled to. Great. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Tiberius, as I say, not as good as I was hoping. <laughs> I wanted to hear more about him going cryptid hunting. Yeah, no, he did some pretty nasty things. Oh, Tiberius. Yeah. But he does something different with Germanicus's youngest son. Okay. He has the son and the three sisters brought to the island of Capri. And this is where Tiberius went to after he basically went bugger this for a lark and left Rome. Okay. The son 
was a man called Gaius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. <laughs> okay. Four names. Four names. Ooh, yeah. fancy. Yeah, because Romans basically, when you get to the upper echelons of society, they've got a lot of people to honour. Uh, fair enough. So you get a lot of names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is not the name he was known of. Uh, generally at the time and definitely later on in history. Okay. As I say, Roman names, they're a bit boring. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Gaiuses. Yeah. So they're fond of nicknames. Mm-hmm. And this was easier for later historians to sort of differentiate between all the Gaiuses, Claudiuses, and everything like that. So going back just a bit, when Germanicus, when he was on campaign, he was kind of like the ideal Roman and his family were the ideal Roman family. Okay. So they went along on campaign with him. Oh my god, they're an Insta family. Yes, absolutely. And the youngest son, Gaius, he was two or three years old when he was first brought on campaign. Jesus, all right. Yeah. And the soldiers loved him i bet they thought he was adorable they really liked him like they got they had a special uniform made for him so he looked like a soldier okay that's adorable and i love that soldiers also thought that that was adorable back in the day (laughs) yeah suetonius actually says that they loved this boy so much that when uh when augustus died Mm. the soldiers were basically bereft and were possibly going to mutiny okay but it was the presence of the young gaius who basically soothed and calmed them. Oh, I know, it's adorable. So, as I say, they made him this tiny little uniform. Yeah. And it came equipped with little sandals. Okay, yeah. And the Roman soldiers, their footwear, uh, were a pair of shoes that were called Caligai. Okay. So the young Gaius was given the nickname Caligula. Okay. <laughs> So basically, his nickname means Little Boots. Okay, that's adorable. Yeah. But also, isn't that disappointing that that's what that means? (laughs) (laughs) When you're like, oh, Caligula, such an evil, mad emperor. (laughs) Emperor Little little Shoes. (laughs) They're so cute. Look at how tiny. So adorable. (laughs) So, yeah. Caligula, like, the very early part of his life is not bad. He was doted on by soldiers, he had a pretty affectionate family, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, high status. But when his dad dies, and he's only seven years old at this point... Oh, Jesus, all right. ...things get rough. I've already said his mother gets arrested later on and exiled, and so do his two older brothers. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he gets bounced around a little bit. First, he lives with his mother. Mm-hmm. Then she's arrested. Yeah. So he goes to stay with his great-grandmother, okay. and she dies. Okay. So he then goes to his grandmother. Right. And at that point, his two older brothers are arrested. Okay. And he and his sisters basically were prisoners of Tiberius. Like, they had soldiers around them all the time watching them. Okay. I can maybe see where some particular mental health issues are going to crop Absolutely. up. Absolutely. So when Tiberius orders that Caligula and his sisters are to be brought to Capri, it's likely that Caligula expected to be executed or arrested or just like locked up and forgotten about. But Tiberius doesn't do any of these. And exactly why is a bit of a mystery. There's a suggestion that Caligula was kind of an incredible actor and he managed to convince Tiberius that it's like, you know, you killed my mother, you killed my brothers, you may have been responsible for my dad's death, but you know, it's chill, it's fine, the whole Mm -hmm. family annihilation thing. Water under the bridge. Absolutely fine. 
Okay. Another possibility is that Tiberius had become so spiteful and hateful towards the Roman people that he wanted to groom the new emperor and indulge his more questionable behaviours. Okay. Tiberius is quoted uh, in Suetonius as saying that he was nursing a viper for the Roman people and that Caligula would prove the ruin of himself and of all men. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, that would be absolutely mad. Yeah. I... Okay, granted we're talking about the Romans, but in practical terms, I can't really see anyone being that bizarre that you'd go, you know what? I think this kid's going to be emperor later on, so I'm going to make him completely insane and awful. Mm. Like, I, you just, okay, that would take a lot of efforts. Well, Caligula has displayed some odd behaviour already. Okay. There are rumours that in the six years that he was on Capri with Tiberius, he engaged in incestuous relationships with all three of his sisters. Oh, Jesus. And particularly his sister Drusilla, who he later completely doted on. We don't know if this is like sensationalism on Suetonius's part. Mm-hmm. It may be a sort of like, this is how evil Caligula is. Yeah. But I mean, it, it could go either way, really, couldn't it? It really could. Uh, there's also a story that Tiberius, when he was sleeping one night, he awoke because Caligula entered into his room Mm. And Caligula had a dagger in his hand. And Tiberius was kind of like, at this point, he's between the age of 71 and 77. He's like, I'm an old man. There are none of my guards around. This is when I die. Mm. And Caligula just stands at the foot of his bed and stares at Tiberius for a long while before just turning and leaving. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I I mean, mean, that's very Hamlet, isn't it? it? It is very Hamlet, but it's also like, you can already see that Caligula's life has been messed up. Yeah. So completely. Yeah. And so, now he's getting raised by the guy who killed his family. Yeah. So it's not hard to imagine that, you know, Caligula's already got these problems and Tiberius, who's going a bit mad himself, okay, is going to indulge him. But either way, uh, at the age of 77, Tiberius dies after a period of illness there's some vague suggestion he might have been poisoned by Caligula, but mm-hmm. there's I very... Mean, 77's a reasonable age, yeah. though. There's very little evidence for it, and it's a pretty good age, and he was ill, mm. so who knows? Yeah. Tiberius uh, names two joint successors. Okay. He names Caligula, who he's kind of adopted, and also his own grandson, Gemellus. But when he dies... Tiberius at this point is so unpopular that power pretty much passes to Caligula. And this is because Caligula is the son of Germanicus, who Uh, everyone loved. Right. So there's a lot of hope put on Caligula that, you know, he's going to right all the wrongs of Tiberius and Mm -hmm. make Rome great again. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. He's this great guy, you know. Yeah. So Caligula, now aged 24. Oh my God. Which, you know... Like, that in itself is a reason not to become emperor yet. Yeah. He starts revoking many of Tiberius's old decrees. 
this includes things called treason trials, which were the result of his secret police force. Yeah. And he also annuls Tiberius's will on the grounds of insanity so that Gemellus is no longer joint successor. Okay. So Caligula is the sole successor and is going to be the emperor. All right, chill. Gemellus doesn't <laughs> last long. I'm not surprised. Yeah, because he's probably like a bit of a weak point. Mm-hmm. Caligula, either through madness or from political savvy, basically manages to convince people that Gemellus is a traitor. And the way he does this is mad. Go on. Gemellus has a cough. So he's taking some medicine for his cough. And he takes it a lot of the time and while he's in the presence of Caligula. Right. Caligula points to Gemellus and says, you're taking an antidote, aren't you? You You think I'm going to poison you. How dare you betray the emperor's trust by thinking that I'm going to poison you so I'm going to have you executed. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, right. Um <laughs> there's a certain logic to I, it. I get it. I thought for a moment it was going to be something cleverer like you're taking an antidote because you've poisoned everything. No, no, no. no. Okay, you're taking an antidote. But how would he know what poison would be used? I, I don't know. Like it's one of these things where it's like antidote was kind of considered quite a general term, even though you know you need very specific antidotes for specific poisons. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's, that is wild. It's mad. But a lot of Caligula's reign is kind of highlighted by this really twisted way of thinking. Mm. There's like there's a logic to it, but it's not the logic that other people employ. Yeah. Uh, next week when we get on to some of the madder stuff, you'll see a lot of that weird logic. Okay. Despite this, despite Gemellus being killed, yeah. Caligula is still, like, he is going to be this great emperor. The people already love him. Absolutely. And in a way, I think that made things worse because it's put this huge amount of pressure on an unstable man. An unstable yeah. young man An as well. unstable young man who's literally gone from being, I guess, still kind of a prisoner yeah. to being the emperor of Rome. That is, like, that would be enough by itself. Yeah. Even if he wasn't already, like, mentally ill. Yeah. And the people of Rome don't make it better. During his coronation, Suetonius says that the people of Rome were shouting in joy, calling him our baby and our star. Oh my God. Yeah. So Caligula <laughs> has a lot of pressure. And he's there being like, yes, I am your baby. I am Little Boots. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he didn't like the nickname. Did he not? No. And uh, to be fair, I don't think it's he was really often referred to as Caligula. Okay. Um, he's referred to as Caligula now because, as I say, historians want to differentiate between all the Gaiuses. Yeah. But he was known as Emperor Gaius. Suetonius calls him Emperor Gaius. Okay. Um... But we call him Caligula because it's easier. That's fair. It's kind of like, um, so Pocahontas was not Pocahontas's name either. Yes, you were saying this the other day. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really interesting when we call people by a nickname because I'm not sure exactly what Pocahontas means, but I think I remember reading that it was like the nickname that her father had for her and mm. it was like a sort of loving child kind yeah, of makes uh, a lot of sense. Kind of thing. But it wasn't actually her real name and some people get quite ticked off by the fact that she's known by this nickname rather than her actual name. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
But with Caligula, I think... It's more that he's got Gaius and then Augustus in there already. Yeah. And it's like, we've already got an Augustus. We've already got an Augustus Caesar and there's, a Germanicus. There's like six names that you <laughs> put at the beginning. And it's all like Gaius and Marcus and yeah. stuff. So there's like 10,000 Gaiuses. I mean, it was common for people, for uh, Romans, especially... Uh, more noble Romans to be known by their nicknames. Yeah. Just because, as I said, your name is generally used to kind of like honor various people who came before you. Mm. So it is probably easier to use the nickname. So it's likely that he was called Caligula by many people. Yeah. But publicly, he was Emperor Gaius. Okay, fair. Yeah. Uh, either way, though, people were still going to love him and still shower praise on him before he'd done a single thing apart from kill Gamellus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he's got, like, he's apparently got rid of those traitor laws except for using them to kill Gamellus. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a more specific, obvious sort of treason yeah. as far as he's concerned. Tiberius's one were more like... I guess you could call it like crimes of sedition or like suspected right. treason. Your neighbour says that you exactly. said that the emperor is doing a bad job, so yeah. now you're erased from history and sent yep. to Siberia. Exactly. Exactly that sort of thing. So even though Caligula is known for being a mad emperor who did really awful things and was like a cruel tyrant... The first part of his reign was pretty good. Okay, but the reign has four years long, so it's how much is the... Six or seven months. Hey! <laughs> Possibly a bit more. The history gets a bit confused because, unfortunately, Suetonius doesn't actually chronicle his biography in chronological order. Of course he doesn't. No. Why he... would you do that? Exactly. <laughs> Just to be unhelpful to future historians. So... There's a few things where it's like, we don't know how spread out his good things were and mm -hmm. how spread out his bad things were. But I'm going to talk to you uh, for this episode and basically for the rest of it about some of the good things he did. Okay. Up Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, like, even though Caligula was terrible, I do feel sorry for him. I think yeah. he did not have a chance. Um, He, yeah. Oh, I was just... It, it does feel a bit like feeling sorry for those serial killers who've had a bad childhood, oh, though, you know, where it's like that person did like that person had an awful childhood. They did not stand a chance. Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't forgive anything he did. Yeah. But it, you kind of you understand it more. OK, fair. Yeah. So one of the first things he did was he brought back entertainment to Rome. Okay. And Tiberius had basically... He didn't fund gladiatorial contests and he actually basically stopped the circuses. Whoa, now, no wonder he was unpopular. Yeah. Now, for our listeners, circuses in this case does not mean clowns and animals and anything like and acrobatics. Do, 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 <laughs> exactly. Except that that's the entrance of the gladiators, yes, it as is. we know. Uh, but the circuses were chariot races. Mm. Um, and they were hugely popular. So when they basically stopped under Tiberius, people were real pissed off. Yeah. So when Caligula brings them back and starts hosting these lavish gladiatorial contests, he's seen as like, this is Augustus anew. Yeah. And Augustus is famous for uh, Panamet Kirkuses, mm. like bread and entertainment being the two things that you need to satisfy people. As made famous by The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, yes, Panem. Mm. <laughs> Um, he was also really profligate. 
Okay. He had coins minted with his face on them and would just throw them into crowds. Wow. Like literally giving money away. Yeah. And also figuratively, he gave huge bonuses to the military and the Praetorian Guard, Mm -hmm. which is always advisable if you're a Roman emperor to keep the Praetorian Guard handy. Yeah, they're the ones who murder emperors, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he also revoked a number of taxes that Tiberius had made. Okay. He also did a lot for culture beyond entertainment. Uh, A number of writers under Tiberius had their works removed from libraries because they were seditious. Okay. Or, like, seditious in inverted commas. So Caligula had them all restored. Mm -hmm. And he also got to work on uh, public work projects that had stagnated under Tiberius. This included finishing the Temple of Augustus Mm -hmm. and the Theatre of Pompey. Mm-hmm. who was one of the triumvirates along with Julius Caesar, who's kind of like seen as the founding of the empire, as it were. Yeah, um, a lot of my middle set year eight class are big fans of Pompey. Yeah. Um, because he's mentioned briefly at the beginning of the <laughs> play. I told them who Pompey was and now I massively regret it because <laughs> throughout the whole teaching of Julius Caesar, they kept, bring- they kept bringing out like little laminated whiteboards yeah. um, with like... Um, up Pompey and be like we love Pompey (laughs) I was like you don't know anything about him (laughs) (laughs) well he's got a theatre now yeah Uh, Caligula also had a number of aqueducts built and these were really good Pliny the Elder writing later on basically saw them as marvels of engineering okay Um, so he's clearly hiring a bunch of people who are very smart he also engaged in like quite public spectacles. Okay. So even beyond the entertainments, the circuses and the gladiatorial contests, he was quite pious. Okay. And he made a pretty treacherous journey by sea during a storm oh to go to the island that his mother and brothers had been exiled to mm. in order to retrieve their bones to have them buried in the tomb of Augustus. Oh, bless him. Yeah. It's pretty... That's that's sweet. Yeah. He also made the accounts of the empire public, which was a practice... Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it... my God. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, he believed in financial transparency. Okay. At this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was something that Augustus had done. Okay. It was very clear that, you know, the people should know how their money is being spent. Right. And Tiberius was like, they don't need to know it. No. Yeah. What was Tiberius doing? Jesus Christ. Like, everything that you've said that he goes against, it's like, so what did you actually do? (laughs) Very little is the answer. And this is why he was hated and why Caligula was like, there was so much hope for him. Yeah. He's the son of Germanicus. He's not Tiberius. Yeah. He's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, I said before that he revoked the treason trials. Mm-hmm. He also called back many of the people who were sent into exile and publicly in the Forum of Rome destroyed the treason papers. Oh, nice. Like all those dossiers were brought out and put in a fire. Wow. And Caligula publicly claimed he had not read a single word of them because basically they're all a load of bollocks. Right. Privately. Yeah. Yeah. He kept some of them. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, which is probably quite clever, but also quite malicious. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Now, six or seven months into his reign, Caligula falls deathly ill. 
Okay. He, we don't have a good account of exactly what nature this illness is. There is some suspicion he may have been poisoned because some of the things he was doing, like reintroducing elections, Mm -hmm. was not popular among the upper classes and the Senate. He may, though, have just been very ill. It's hard to specify. Yeah. But either way, he was laid up for a while and some historians claim that this is the turning point in his reign. Okay. The history doesn't fully match up with that. Right. It seems that it's... It's more likely that he was pretty fine for a couple of years. But this is kind of the point that many people say Caligula changes and we get into the dark side of his reign. Okay. So as Suetonius says, about a third, maybe halfway through his biography, so much for Caligula as emperor, we must now tell of his career as a monster. Wow. All right, Suetonius, you're not biased. No. But we are going to talk about the monster that is Caligula next time. (gasps) So we've had the sort of nice Caligula. We're going to go into the nasty stuff and it gets grim. Okay. So grim. So stick around next week. (laughs) Unless you don't want to and we won't judge you for it. I will. You should. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4. And if you have any suggestions for podcast episodes, you can email them to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. It would be great if you could give us a shout out on Twitter or any other medium and if you do then we'll be able to shout you out here it would be a great way to expand our podcast audience thank you as always to kevin mcleod for our theme song anachronist as well as any other music that barnaby has used and thank you for listening now go out invest in eels and revoke trees and papers Wale-tay.